my spidey senses tingling. I want to run, I want to hide, I want to tear down the walls that hold this man inside. He's slim. This is the Paper Keg Podcast, episode 169. Welcome to the show, 169. You know, we talk about books that are out, that we read as fathers and friends, and then we do a book club. We all read the same book, Warren Ellis. You heard of this guy? You heard of him? Hmm? Mm. Have you heard of him? I, I have, sir. Hands up. Transmetropolitan. No, no, no. no, 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 no. Shh, global frequency. You're going to have a huge problem in about two seconds. Slim. Warren Ellis, uh, thanks for thanks for tanning in the book that Dale mentioned does not exist. We never did it for a book club. Don't even worry about it. Uh, Dale underscore A, he's one of the hosts of the show. He's a father. We just went on a drinking binge in Baltimore, ladies, the likes of which our bank accounts have never seen before. Welcome back, Dale underscore A. If you just want to let loose three bachelors, you know, no strings attached in a in a, an unknown city, deathly afraid of Death. anything that Foursquare will lead us to, and and those places accept credit cards. Oh boy, <laughs> charge it right. Just worry about it yeah. later. Just worry about it. I remember it there later. was a point where Dale was actively looking for places that accepted PayPal for payment. <laughs> oh, he, boy. That's, that's the lengths that we went to. Uh, final host, uh, Amputee Loves Beer. He got some bad news before the show. He's going to have to probably lose a foot, a toe at the worst. You know, we just thought he was just kind of laboring at Baltimore. It turns out he's got some kind of freaky infection. Jonesy loves beer. Welcome back. Uh, you know, like Dr. House would trace the steps. I may have uh, sprained an ankle slash split a toe on a ladder. And then maybe that split became infected. And now a surgeon has to go in and slice wow. it. Wow. Maybe. I mean, I'm not a doctor. Well, we know that. I'm not even sure if you have a real doctor. How do you? How, big question. How were you not wearing uh, steel-toed shoes in, at your work? What's the story there? Uh, this this did not happen in the oh. workplace, guys. This happened at home. Uh, for the record, was not a compensatable oh. injury at the workplace. Mm. Your doctor will sign off on that. Company doc. Union doc. Uh, I will sign whatever document I need to. Let's just uh, let's not get crazy here. I'm winking at you for all the people. <laughs> Not watching. <laughs> uh, what a show we have. Biggest show I can remember, I mean, for the month of September. We've never had a bigger September show than this. Absolutely not. We have Absolutely not. Warren Ellis. He's penned uh, Planetary, some Secret Avengers recently, Moon Knight, six issues worth. Fell. Remember Fell? Oh, man. Great Ooh. book. Top five books all the time. 
What would we do that for Nerdcast Comics back in Temple the day? Temple yeah. Smith. And we'll be doing Global Frequency, all 12 issues, special book club episode. Don't read into it, We're folks. not going to talk about any other junk this week. Just Warren Ellis and Forever his host again. of Friends. We don't have time for anything else. We might get into, we can get into the Baltimore. We were just at Baltimore Comic Con, the three of us. We we needed to let loose. Fantastic time. I I plied uh, one Mr. Jan Juergens about his time on Thor, and he gladly paused his whole line to tell me the story of how maybe he thought he wasn't ready for Thor. Right. But he was glad he did. It was a big moment. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was... Me and Dan, we got a picture together. You know, it was it was most interesting about that moment too is the group of like deadbeat people that bring long boxes of comics that expect creators to just sign fifty copies of one comic and then just they just go sell it. Yeah, that guy had a cart that one would use for like guitar amplifiers full of comics, and then when I glanced at him, he said, "Relax, I only have a few." As if I were the jerk for yeah. noticing his apparatus. Roadie loves beer over here. <laughs> um, yeah, and and on top of that, Dan groups us in with those vagabonds. She's like screaming at us, look guys, only a couple signatures, all right? I'm not going to sign yeah, he was all getting these antsy. books. I got, I got to get back to drawing. And we're like, Dan, we just want to, like, I know you're so probably road weary and you know, sick of the trudging through Comic-Con after Comic-Con of dealing with these guys, these, you know, Comic-Con dweebs. Hangers on, but if you will. We just want to shower you with love. Jonesy wants to get your signature and talk about Thor, of course. Mm -hmm. And, and that's all. And then, you know, it was that, I think, I think he came away from our interaction a happier man. In a better mood, absolutely. better mood. Certainly. He was ready to... I was like, hey, just... I need a signature and I want my picture with you. And I think I was just like, you know, did you always know you were going to write the best Thor run I ever read? Or did that I just think happen? he might have actually said, did you always know that you would love me? And mm-hmm. to his face. He was a little <laughs> off but it, by that. But it was so weird because like Dan was making eye contact with us, Slim, and like Jonesy like got right down into his earlobe and said it real quiet into his ear. <laughs> it was the weirdest thing. Yeah, it was like that scene in One More Day where uh, Mary Jane whispers something into Peter Parker's ear, I think. What, yeah. <laughs> what a weekend it was. What a yeah. dynamite weekend. I mean, Baltimore added a third day, Friday, mm. and we saw it fit to take Paper Keg down there on the mm. road, representing Paper Keg, yeah. you know, at the con only, obviously. We went on a sully. Yeah. And it was just a great... It was a great weekend. Baltimore, the folks who put on Baltimore Comic Con, they just know how to keep the uh, keep the standards of keep the standards of Comic Con, a comic book convention, very very high. Comic book people only, dealers, yeah, creators, no, mm-hmm. you know, no Virgil or uh, I don't know Kevin Nash, Let's yeah, Scott Hall, X Pac. Uh, the uh, the natural he, disasters, oop, typhoon sorry. and earthquake, like you can't find them there. Pretty sure they're dead. That's maybe why you won't find them that's, there. That's probably. <laughs> I'm sorry to the natural disasters. I grew up watching. I'm gonna try those. to break through the wrestling uh, references for oh, a second if I could. Please do. Uh, if you have the opportunity, folks, to go on a Friday, maybe next year, take it because I think all of us were able to just walk right up to creators. Like I walked 
right up to Walt Simonson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, there was yeah. no line. Uh, Mark Wade was the same way. I think the only, pe- the only person we didn't get with uh, was Garth Ennis. Right. We did see him at lunch. His he was enjoying was a, uh, a meal. Our mm-hmm. last lunch of the weekend, we walked right by him. And we missed Greg Capullo by like 10 seconds. He was busy yeah, bench he was pressing somebody. somebody. He was bench pressing somebody and he had a, a he would had 200 people deep. I mean, yeah. Friday would have been the best day to see him because he was just swamped. And the news breaks over the weekend that he's only on Batman for 16 more issues or something <sighs> like that. I may have had my ear to the conversation between he and Rags Morales. Mm-hmm. But I'm, you know, but as it was a, a real conversation. It was Dale, Rags, and Greg. I mean, right. As a journalist, yeah, this was all right off the record. There. So it's not something we can talk about publicly, yeah, right? Exactly. You know, it's just random times where Dale would just be tying his shoe for 20 minutes at a time near these people, these people's tables. I don't know how they didn't get wind of it. Then Rags, like, you know, he's like, hey, pal, I could sign and talk to Greg at the same time if you want to give me your book. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't want to interrupt. I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was that time that Ivan Reyes called me Jane-Z. Jane-Z. Yeah, he yeah. signed your book. That was that was a highlight for me when you became Jane-Z. For the <laughs> oh, yeah, weekend. he was he was Jane-Z for the rest of the weekend. He might have changed his Foursquare name to that. Jane-Z How Lowe's about beer? the uh, really early on Friday, there was a guy that was just having the time of his life, living it up, the con life, cosplaying as the Joker. But Jonesy would not have any of that. <laughs> oh, Jonesy my was so word. put off by a man really giving into the Joker character oh, yeah. that he, he was, was seething whenever he saw that Joker cosplayer laughing or, you know, taking pictures with kids. You know, that's fine. But what he also seething. did was call out other cosplayers and get right into their space. Maybe they just want to walk around in costume. Maybe they don't want to engage in some, yeah, you know, exactly. LARPing with you. Exactly. And he calls them out from across the room that does that godforsaken cackle and just repeats it on volume level 11 for about an hour. You can't even talk to David Peterson about how much you like Mouse Guard because Cacklebox won't shut up. This is the whole weekend, folks, right here. This is what we're living. <laughs> and you could tell Josie was angry. He just wasn't saying anything. He just, like, look past you. Like, you were looking into people's souls and just shake his head no. Right. No. And then he'd, like, grin. It was horrifying for me as a, as a person that just accepts yeah. the goodness in people to see that happen. There was no goodness in him. But the, uh, the con- you know, the con floor was moved to a bigger part of the convention center to accommodate um, more tables and more space, and it was a fantastic move because last year when jo- Jonesy and I just went Saturday last year, but I remember like the whole concentrated area where the dealers were, where you you know you would be shopping, the uh, the space in between the aisles were so thin that if you had your backpack on and you were on the outskirts, you were on the outer aisle looking through comic boxes or something like that, and uh, you know one on each side doing that, you couldn't you couldn't make room to get through and stuff. There was plenty of room in the aisles. Fantastic space, you know, for Jonesy to take a personal call and then wit- and like put his notebook up around his face and his phone <laughs> and not paying attention to anything. He would just walk into pillars and tables. He would just start walking in one direction when he was on the phone, not caring about who was. I've never path. seen anything. Like I don't that. know like how juggernaut. this turned into a troll slam. He was, he's but like, you know, I apologize if that behavior disturbed you. I sincerely 
that retract. apology is dripping <laughs> with cynicism. There's no truth know. to that apology whatsoever. I did witness. Remember the time that you guys wanted to Google how to walk somewhere, and I just politely asked the valet where it was. Then Dale troll slammed me from like ten feet in the air. He asked Slim for a boost. And then spiked me right there, down. Oh, look at Jonesy talking to people. What a jerk. This is the, anytime that we needed, like, a, we, we could have asked, like, you know, what do you think uh, the weather is tomorrow? Jonesy would see this as an opportunity to godfather into someone's life and be like, hey, bud, how you done? You know what, uh, you know what the weather's supposed to be tomorrow? Hey, bud, how you done? What's the weather? Check it out. And now he's ingratiated himself with this new person, and he's in it. He's yeah. just, he's soaking it in, this new relationship with someone. He would, like, ostracize all weekend, slip in guys. some, like, local trivia that he knows, like, to make him feel more comfortable. Did you check Channel 75, uh, Fox 75 weather down here in Baltimore? Uh, I was watching that the other day, and, uh, yeah. He's what? like, Jake. And then remember when Jonesy tried to totally pwn us because we were going to get ready to use Uber for the first time. <laughs> And how he, how are you pwned? Oh man, Jonesy I, I, just my licking his lips up. to re- ready to make us look like a holes in front of the valet. <laughs> He's like, I don't know, these guys are using some web taxi, internet taxi, and then who embraced Uber? Yeah, yeah. almost immediately. Yeah, that was you. That absolutely was you. Yeah. So back at that, <laughs> valet's like, oh, uh, Uber? You mean Uber? You believe these guys? They're they're trying to get us a car from an app. You believe this guy? What are you guys doing tonight? Huh? I'm Jonesy. What's your name? <laughs> oh, oh, all right, okay. But the, yeah. the I'll tell you what, what, what kind I of won't fish speak you, uh, to anyone. Out of the harbor here, huh? About big a nine footer. You ever get a twelve footer? Yeah, I got twelve footer back in there. So are we talking about a combo book this we week? We have a book club. We we're going to get uh, into tea slamming me. Tea slamming. <laughs> You did get T slammed quite often. The Uber experience was really oh, great. Oh man! I I told Beautiful. Jonesy that there was an app that lets you call a car. We don't know the person. We're going to get in that car and they're going to drop us off somewhere. And he was flummoxed by this. It was like me telling him I discovered plutonium fifty years ago and he had never heard of such things. And he, once he got in, it was like, oh sure, yeah. After after he like f- made sure his buck knife was still in his pocket, sure. he was like hand on buck. It was knife like you, it was like um, <laughs> you're in kind of a Ferris wheel and it stops and you kind of like shoot your legs and arms out to like hold position. That's like his whole position in the car. That first car ride in Uber, like he was ready for it to rocket into space. I, you know what, your explanation was some dude who we called on this app is going to roll up. And then we're going to get in his personal car and go somewhere. I didn't realize that they were like actual insured taxi drivers that just take private clients. Mm-hmm. You could have rolled it out to me that way, except some dude's going to show up and we're going to show him our phone and then we're going to drive somewhere. Needless. They could have been murderers. Needless you to say, Jonesy was requesting Uber rides for two block walks for the rest <laughs> Black of the cars. Day. Black cars. Black cars. Black uh, cars. Lincoln Navigators. Whatever I could get my mm-hmm. hands on. Was what I was we, requesting. Absolutely, we lived it up, and we will do so again. Yeah. How about uh, the gifts? Gifts. I I feel personally, mm-hmm. the gifts brought a whole new level mm-hmm. of memories to that weekend, especially when we were eating. Oh yeah, there was a. I mean, thank God for photo and their gift making abilities. Yeah. We really went into this trip with a fresh level head and. You know, Slim was just taking them left and right. I'm surprised. Battery was done yeah. two hours into most days. But at at a at a beautifully small price of the enjoyment of gifts. 
Sure. Tweeted out social media. Any other highlights from Baltimore before we move into the global frequency? Uh, wanted to thank uh, the Tai Tai mm. for uh, their company this Owners weekend. of the comic book shop in Delaware. Yeah, great sponsors. Uh, we were able to have some cocktails with them on Saturday. Mm, Long Island's. Great experience. Yeah. That might have been our... That might have been the beginning of our second one of I the want, night. I want to thank Mike, the bartender at uh, Balto, for closing up every night at uh, 8.15 in the afternoon. That was but fun. he was the nicest guy. He was a true ally. Yeah, uh, he was HQ. very nice. Right. Gave us some complimentary cold waters for the long trip back to Philly, Odelphia. What a great man. The, uh, the cell phone reception within Baltimore Convention Center was pretty stellar. For, for you on Verizon, for us AT&T monsters. Saturday got a little heated, you know, with uh, AT&T, I think, being without. But the other two days, I think you did a little better. Mm. Maybe I'm just hiding my head in the sand because I was Maybe. fine. Maybe. Uh, we got to move on. We're running out of tape. I don't even know what the tape is like right now. Mm. You know, uh, we have to move into Warren Ellis and his band of artists. DC Comics Vertigo imprint, I do believe... Global Frequency. Originally on Wildstorm. Mm. Oh, there you go. Wildstorm. Mm. Um, came out mm. after Planetary, which I did not realize. Mm. Well, after Planetary had started. Planetary ran for like 20 years before it finally finished. <laughs> uh, but Jonesy loves beer. Please indulge mm-hmm. us in what this book is about. Yeah, Jonesy. I stopped... An entire group message today when I made the following statement. Global Frequency is the spiritual successor to planetary. Let it simmer, because I know I, I know people just stopped in traffic. You know, possibly Don Garvey just closed his office room door to listen to this. And uh, here we go, folks. The Global Frequency is a network of both public and private agents that are rescuers, professional rescuers. And they are guided by two key figures, Aleph, who is like the oracle of this organization, and the Elijah Snowish Miranda Zero, the field team leader of Global Frequency. And how it works is there are 12 individual stories of different agents, a rotating cast, and they all get called upon to solve on-the-edge missions that, much like planetary, involve pseudoscience, magic, semi-occultist subjects, and um, it's really just a thing of beauty the planetary if, if you let's get in there
So, uh, Global Frequency, a modern masterpiece of comic storytelling, bringing television to comics. Uh, your thoughts, Dale underscore After the, I mean, the glorious synopsis, synopsis, Jonesy, the last line nailed it on the head. This is a television series. I don't know how. I mean, with the with you would probably have to write in so a few more main characters, like maybe make one team the main team of Global Frequency. But you'd you'd have Miranda Zero and the left. But I mean, single Warren Ellis. Like we always say it, but the guy is a king of writing entertainment into a 20 to 30 page single issue comic with the overarching theme um, uh, being global frequency and the line always dropped you're now in the global frequency like when Aleph calls you because you are uh, you possess a particular set of skills which is I, I mean the premise is just great uh, 1,001 members in Global Frequency, each possessing their own specialty so they could be tapped at any time to, to work uh, on, at, this, uh, at a scene of a rescue or like via you know telecommuting. Aleph has, if somebody's checking out a crime scene or a, a rescue mission, Aleph has 15 other Global Frequency members on the phone and on their computer working with you at the same time. Just, I, I mean, just stunning storytelling absolutely stunning world building of of the the global frequency group i i loved in particular how at any time you never you never needed anybody more than a left i don't think you even needed Miranda zero in most cases yeah yeah exactly i mean each story stood on the merits of the story and not necessarily on the characters, although there were some great one-off, one-note characters uh, contained in each story. I think the overall message of Global Frequency really hits home. And, and of course, my favorite uh, issue was the origin story of Aleph mm-hmm. because she's probably the the funniest and the biggest nod to what I think a modern day fan of comics would be. I think, uh, you know, the younger generation, almost the drummer yeah. of this series is a yeah, yeah. And I, I like how Ellis is able to connect on, on a certain level with who, who youths identify with and is able to personify them in a way that's both accurate and respectful and shows off their strengths. Their, their and, energies. Uh, he the does so here. Oh, yeah, certainly. Their idiosyncrasies, yeah. if you will. Yeah, and, yeah it's, I mean, it's just... It, it, it's like a pl- it's, it was almost like a playground for Warren to... If he had a story idea for something that maybe didn't necessarily work in any of his other works, he could just put it and build global frequency into the story so he could like get his, get his kicks out. Like tell, tell this one story that he wanted to tell. Like I picture like now, you know, obviously moon Knight and this are 10 years apart from each other, but moon Knight was like a single, uh, issue story each issue. But 
if he had something that he maybe like my my thought process for his thought process is he had something uh like a story that maybe he wanted to tell in moon Knight, but it didn't quite work he could just like rework it to be a global frequency thing for an issue i think uh, the best example of what you're talking about is like that la parkour issue where it definitely came off as you know i kind of always wanted to fit parkour into a story or i have a recent fascination with it and i don't necessarily want to explore it but i love to tell a one issue story about somebody doing parkour so he can throw it in the global frequency Mm-hmm. make a great story and kind of get it off his chest like that's this is in my opinion just pure expression for Alex. and it's just i think it's just amazing how that is one of the members that just tells you the the breadth of uh the global frequency members this is just a chick who's got man problems you know what i mean she like hates men because she made a bad decision in the past. Who doesn't? And, and the, the beauty is Warren Ellis sets it all up in like the first two pages. She's frustrated with her past decisions with a deadbeat guy, but her reason for being in Global Frequency is she does parkour and she can like get across cities in minutes. And that's her reason. But she's the closest one to this rescue mission. They're about to set off an Ebola virus in uh, London. And they need her because she's the one, the only one that can get there in time. And she, and the panels of of her just scaling the city and moving horizontally across it over buildings and stuff. And we're going on. Slim hasn't even talked yet. Sorry, Slim. But Slim might not even be here. I'm still yeah, here. I've just been frozen. watching and listening to both of you uh, gawk over global mm. frequency. I really liked it, but I th- I thought it was kind of knowing when this started and compared comparison to planetary i thought it was very similar to planetary i thought it was kind of odd that the same creator did this book also that just feels like it's very analogous to planetary but like slightly different like mystery organization in charge of you know keeping the world weird for planetary but this one is in charge of you know mystery organization in charge of rescuing the world almost secretly Mm -hmm. but then eventually they become public and you were exactly right about the Elijah Wood, um, what's her face, uh, Z- Miss Zero. Elijah what's, Snow. Um, Miranda, Miranda Zero. Zero. And how... I called her Miranda Snow a bunch of times yeah. in my head as I was the, reading. Um, I just thought it was, it's a very different, it, like it's Elijah different Snow, you kind of, you get in the first issue that he you know loses his memory and he, they hire him for planetary and you you don't know what his backstory is, but you might find it out in the course of the series. With this uh, Miranda Zero, you don't know Jack Squat about her pretty much the entire series, and nor maybe do you even want to know, which is kind of a weird thing for me to read a book. Like, she and, uh, was it Aleph, are the main characters and the only characters that really come back outside of John Stark in the first and last issue. I don't know. I didn't know how I felt about not having an emotional attachment to any of the characters like otherwise why am i reading it i i don't know i maybe wanted more from warren on some Hmm. characters like you don't even get a backstory on aleph until like the second to last issue i i i definitely see your point and and that could be a sticking point for certain people but i think maybe like the way i thought of it was 
um, the character building was definitely there in Planetary, but this was more someplace he could tell where he didn't have to constantly have like a the plot of a of a recurring character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like, no overarching like dirty... theme to this series at all. It's just one yeah. and done, episodic. Like it, it said, it is a TV show. It absolutely is a TV show. But I just was fascinated that he chose not to give you anything about the mm-hmm. characters that would really make you want to care. And then the ones that he did give you some uh, backstory on, they ended up dying in, at the end of every, all those issues. Any character that you did care about only lasted one issue. Like the Asian woman uh, who was held up with a guy with a bomb in his hand, the guy that didn't want to come back to global frequency, and there was that outbreak. A Japanese guy. Yeah, yeah. and uh, the woman with the bionic arm uh, in in the early going. I think that was one of my favorite stories where they uncover like the the, the first ever bionic man finally looked in a mirror for the first time in forever and he freaked out and now he's on the loose and he's got like nuclear um, engines inside of him. So if one false move, he could just blow up that whole area and they need to go in and take him down. I thought that was one of the best issues. I like those kind of like mystery intrigue. This has been happening secretly and it's really cool Mm -hmm. like those. And you got a lot of that in planetary and those issues, like you did get backstory, but it was for the characters that were only one issue. And I I I think that's really weird. I enjoyed those issues but I didn't know how I felt about the whole product. I think this is strange. I, I kind of feel like a Grant Morrison fan <laughs> trying to explain my fandom to somebody else. I think that's what I appreciated yeah. most about it is that it, you know, I've read a protagonist antagonist story so often, and this was just a different offering by such a skilled writer that I was ready to accept whatever it is he was going to tell me. Like, if the, I think maybe if this were a new comic book writer, I don't know if I would have been so ready to mm-hmm. just dive in and read it. But the fact that I trust Warren Ellis, you know, I just, I jumped right in, both feet. Yeah, Jonesy, I think you nailed, you you nailed my feelings exactly, too. It's it's something where I've, I think it was like Warren Ellis's experiment with a different kind of storytelling where characters didn't mean so much from story to story. He just wanted uh, an outlet to where he could get these quick stories out that were, uh, you know, based in his, uh, like his preferences of technology of the future of, of uh, all that stuff that Warren Ellis is famous for. Like he takes, uh, he obviously takes a deep interest in it and then he builds stories into it and stuff. But it was kind of like his, his own experiment that lasted 12 issues by doing it that way, by not giving you anything of the characters, because maybe he didn't want to put like any weight into that because then he might not be able to get to tell the the stories that he wanted to tell in each issue or something like that. But you're right, like you, I, you nail you hit the nail on the head with like I f- it felt like a Grant Morrison fan trying to justify or trying to explain it to a non fan. Yeah, because that's that's the way I felt with this too. I mean this this and the stories are were a little less fantastical than in planetary i think maybe planetary he kept things weird with the other dimensions and the bleed and all that stuff whereas Mm -hmm. this is more technology based like obviously the uh 
the Japanese hospital where the the doctors were experimenting into horrific like that's probably the one of the craziest stories of the 12 but this yeah. is more grounded in technology and and future future of the time or you know predicting the future that's what what she's great at doing plus it was weird it reminded me too of like watching the matrix again now where they use like these old cell phones to communicate and in this one they use yeah. this sat <laughs> phone that gives you you know co-ords yeah. like i thought that i think pay, like issue one or issue two one girl gets called and she asks for the co-ords I got, is there a person on the planet that uh, shortens coordinates to coords? I, I just never, I've never heard that before. It just doesn't never. make any sense. That almost took me out of the whole story. I was like, coords, Warren, coords. The, uh, I'm going to go back to the loud car. When he kept saying the, uh, the take of the video, yeah, they got the yeah. take of the, uh, they got the take of the UAV, right? <laughs> the, 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 uh, infrared on the UAT, it's, the, yeah, the it's, take of it. It's funny how you mentioned that. I think in Planetary, we talked about how Warren could easily just, he just like uses that word generator to like use science <laughs> phrases yeah, yeah. where, you know, the take of the UAV uh, sat glass. Fiction yeah. not. <laughs> and Fiction not. Like some of the stuff just makes literally no sense to me. And it looked like Warren Ellis' word generator. And, um, but I mean, I, I did enjoy it. It's just a different enjoyment. I think knowing what Planetary was, and for me personally, and then going into this, I, I ended up comparing the two, and mm-hmm. Planetary won out in just about all cases. And it's very, I mean, it's very, very easy to make the comparison. Like, this could exist in the same universe or the same even pl- timeline or the plot line. I guess if it, it was Wildstorm, I think they did exist in the same universe. Yeah, yeah, I guess oh. that's true. If if they made the effort to keep Wildstorm all, I think so. Hmm. Man, the, um, well, because what the if? authority, uh, what's her face, Jenny Sparks, ultimate BA of the universe, Dale's perfect, Jenny uh, Sparks, perfect woman. Jenny Sparks, love. <laughs> the other thing that I had, um, I'll be the devil's advocate for this book club. The other problem I think I had personally was, in my view, there was almost never any possibility that the agents would not succeed and that almost took me out of the story a little bit like in every issue i knew there was a problem but i always felt that there was no danger that the that the global frequency agent would not do their job well let me play devil's advocate to your devil's advocate in there wasn't there wasn't there an early story where maybe it was the nuclear man where he goes off and uh <laughs> Miranda's snow is like it was calculated risk. You can't come here for eighty years, 50. but we stopped the menace in his tracks yeah. or something. I mean, but that's that was kind of like a non-risk. Like you, you just made a five-mile radius of a desert nothing, unusable for fifty years. Darn. Oh, okay, All right. but I mean, like they 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 prevented the biotic man from getting to like a town and just starting mushing people's brains in. Like they they ended up solving it. But I mean, I guess in episodic television, which this eventually got a pilot, and I mean, this is like, I did it? like, it, yeah, it did. It was leaked, I think. Oh wow! In two thousand five, maybe. But um, I guess in episodic television, it's got to be the same. Like, there's no way that you know Fox or Scully are going to get killed before the end of epi- an episode in season two. They're still going to, you know, mm-hmm. they're going to live. They're probably going to get, you know, out of it. Or what was that show, The Fringe? 
on Fox. Fringe, yeah. Yeah. I mean, was mm-hmm. there any a scenario that they lost and like, you know, irreparable damage happened to the planet? I don't I don't believe so, but maybe I'm wrong, but you know, that's just my um my two cents on that one. That aspect of the book. Don't bring I think down. my least favorite Bruce. issue was the um and maybe it's because I was pass, you know, I was nearly passing out when reading it. But the the big sky when it was like snow, the artwork is beautiful. But I didn't completely understand. Was that the magic yeah, it trick was, one? And it was essentially three three people talking about angels and the snow. Oh, I did like that. Yeah, I did yeah. like that one. That was a cool little um, explanation as to how they possibly saw an angel affect them. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Although the magician character, I was like, who's this guy? Is he part of the global yeah. frequency, or is he the old man that I saw five minutes ago? Slim, you're on the global frequency. <laughs> I just love how, I mean, when, once they get a call on the sat phone from Aleph, it's oh, like, once they're on the global frequency, they're engaged. Like, that's what they signed up for. It's just, I think the the implications that he leaves you wondering, that's not explained, could just you know, fill all kinds of time because you had like how you obviously the in the first issue uh, that person gets recruited, but you're in, once once the call is made, you're engaged. You have to respond, and and then you like you know if you're in a hurry or you need to commandeer something, that's when you tell people you're in it, and and like apparently a lot of people know about it because they're just like oh you're in the global frequency, basically like take the vehicle if you need to, you know, mm-hmm. and not so many words, but. It's just it was just a cool concept that leaves you thinking more because it's not c- explained and I and I like that because I didn't need the explanation. It's just so cool that once a left makes the call, you're you're in gate you're on the global frequency. I, I mean the, the the phrase that's probably what he came up with first. The catchphrase <laughs> built everything around. Dale did some larping where a left called <sighs> him to go get some eggs from Wawa. He grabbed his walkie-talkie and started talking into it. Dale, you're on the global frequency. The list of uh, artists is very, you know, reminds me of Zero, how there was a different artist for every book. So this had a really great list of artists, and I didn't even realize Chris Sprouse um, did an issue until I started reading it. But, I mean, uh, Gary Leach, Glenn Fabry, Steve Dillon, Lee Barmejo. Roy Martinez, John J. Muth, David Lloyd, Simon Bisley, Tom Coker, Jason Pearson and Gene Ha. So I mean, pretty all star list. Yeah. That and that Lee Bermejo issue, I mean I couldn't Oof. after I finished reading it, I couldn't have pictured a better artist for it. It was just it was frightening. That was horrific what that issue portrayed and Lee Bermejo was so I don't know, real life, realistic with it. Yeah, he's a great artist. Yeah, he really is. Fantastic. I wish he was doing some uh comic books i don't know what he's doing now he only does like ogn stuff yeah i think that's what he was still was he just doing maybe he was at baltimore comic-con man if he was there he wasn't (laughs) i feel like we would we we would have have felt his presence he could have been walking around he could have been the joker dressed up as the joker (laughs) god no i don't want to sell libra like that that would be terrible or barahimo as a deceased host called him one time. <laughs> Rest in peace, Mark. There you have it. Global frequency. I'm the Highly odd, recommended. I'm the odd man out. Mustery. I liked it. But, you know, dot, dot, dot. These two loved it. Mm-hmm. Loved it up. 
There's no hardcovers out there, by the way. I checked. Trade paperback only. But the whole collection is out. They re- it was originally Wildstorm, but Vertigo just put out the collection, I think, last year. All 12 issues. $20 at full price. Guy's got to get it. It's, it's Warren Ellis. It's magic. You know... We got your letters. Got nothing. I'm gonna open them up. The live audience is very excited for you, Dale. To you. Letters at paperkeg.com. You shoot us a letter. We might read it on the era. You know, this episode is actually gonna post while Dale and myself Mm. and our respective families and the beefs or we'll be uh, vacationing as soon as this hits. It's going to be auto-posted. We won't even be near a computer. We're going to be sipping, you know, Long Island's in a jacuzzi. Rumor is you guys are going to go totally uh, Twitter dark, technology dark that whole week. Is that true? I don't know if Dale is. Vacation. This official vacation anthem, yeah, or leading up to vacation anyway. This is going to be playing as I carry Dale over the threshold into our vacation home. You know what I really want is uh, when you come back, a post credits of Top Gun scene where like somebody just turns around and it says your actor name at the bottom oh, of yeah, the screen. Yeah. What a week it's going to be. Oh yeah, I, I I mean it's we it's much needed, right? Oh my god, it's much needed. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be I'm gonna, my phone will be in airplane mode. That's it. You're calling it now. I'm calling it right now. You you will be Twitter dark, Facebook dark, life dark, life dark. Unless my wife changes her mind and says, you know, I, I need you, I need you tweeting right now for time hop purposes a year from now, mm-hmm. or maybe I'll just dictate <laughs> tweets to her. Yeah. Hey, that's that's an option too to, to to keep your personal promise to yourself that you don't need to be yeah. hot wired in. Just have somebody else do it. I mean, what am I going to do instead of checking Twitter, email, text? I might just be drinking that much more. The troll slams will be. Vitriolic. I might have to dictate troll slams to somebody to make sure those get to Jonesy. Yeah, it'd just be postcards showing up at my house. Yeah, I'll take a note. Take this down. <laughs> Take a note. That time that Jonesy got his leg amputated. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> and then retweeted at The Verge. <laughs> Man, you want to talk about subtweets. The day of an Apple event, Jonesy oh, just goes man, guns blazing. <laughs> he gets a battering ram and just goes full bore. I don't know what kind of feed Jonesy just, has, uh, but he, he's just I lo- hateful. I just- it gets my goat. People just—it's the subtweets about the subtweets, though. I mean, yeah, it's it's so I've never meta. Seen anything like that before. Those are particular. Those are my particular. Let me see favorite. if I can pull up his feed right now and just recite yeah. some of these. Should, should I read a letter? Uh, uh, let's, while we're doing I mean, this? there was one that was just really just. Oh, here we go. Uh, September 9th, Jonesy loves beer. Gosh, people are just so funny. I never knew. My word. <laughs> that is just a random subtweet that shows up in your feed, you know? I never knew. You guys know that the ZZZZE Motor 4.6 with Corn Dog OS does all that stuff too, right? 
posers. <laughs> Man. I'm making a snarky pr- reference about one. the iPhone and, p- and feeling pretty effing smug about it. September 9th. Three faves. He must have been pretty happy with that one. You got three faves three on faves. that one. <laughs> that, just, that just makes him want more. That's, that was the first one. That's probably what spurred those second ones. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You get you can't feed me with faves. <laughs> get out of control. Do we get any letters? All right. First letter uh, from uh, dear friend of the show, Paul Shirley. Dear friend. Uh, subject challenge. Hey, fellas. Some great episodes of late. Listening to your love hate fest on Legend was one of the most entertaining things I've listened to. Ever listened to. Excuse me. The hilarity of Jonesy's ridiculous synopsis, uh, he says here ridiculous, but I think he means accurate, uh, took flight from the first line, Legend is actually two films. Mm -hmm. So on AC lately, and AC stands for Ancillary Characters, his podcast, uh, we've received a bit of jest from our friends about devoting a summer to Geoff Johns, as well as our September Flash Month Upon reading and reviewing this stuff, I can't help but wonder, what would Dale, Slim, and Jonesy think of some John's Wally West flash? Eh? I can just hear Jonesy's synopsis troll now. Get it done, guys. Get it done, guys. I wouldn't even know the first place to start with a Wally West anything. He he could have let us know a storyline. I mean, surely. There's, I'll ask him on Twitter. There's been like nine different flashes in the past five years, for all right. I know. I think I think that in itself was a troll because I don't think GF Johns ever wrote Wally West. That's a trick. <laughs> why would you? He probably only why would wrote Paul Barry Shirley. Allen. Put m- trick us like that. Paul Shirley wouldn't do that. No, Jones it's did. not in his blood. Paul Shirley wouldn't tweet. Gosh, people are just so funny. <laughs> I never knew. I never knew. <laughs> One fave. Uh, I feel so good about that one. <laughs> Did I fave that one? Uh, tell me, I think was it that me? one was faved by at very exciting? Oh, that was a retweet. Darn. No faves on that one. Sorry, Gen Z. That's all right. I'll get them next time. Feel, how do you feel personally if you send a zinger out and it gets no faves? Do you just like refresh and ask yourself why? My- I just I walk back up to the chalkboard in my room. I erase the the tweet, tweet board, and I just uh, sit back down. I'm like. All right, let me go back to my feed, mm-hmm. find find some troll fuel. Troll fuel. And then uh, go back to composing. God. Guys. God bless America. He probably like leans back in his chair and rests one foot on his <laughs> trash can and has like a spray bottle of peroxide. He just like douses it every couple <laughs> seconds with peroxide as he's thinking. I'll tell you, it burns <laughs> after a while, guys. Just realizes he's got to go upstairs, so he checks the Uber app. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Can you black come cars. in a black car and then lift me up my five <laughs> steps to the top of my house? Black cars, guys. Black Lincoln Town cars, Escalades, all in the Uber app. Next letter comes from big friend of the show, David Finn, the uh, at Red Lantern twenty fifteen on uh, Twitter. Biggest, known biggest Deadpool fan you'll ever meet. Known. Um, million word a la Alan Moore letter writer to Paper Cake. Hello, keggers. 
guys. Imagine I sent you a huge essay complete with imaginary flashbacks about how much I love Global Frequency. I only read it last year sometime, and I think it is so perfectly designed and amongst the very best of Warren Ellis. I loved how it used different artists, which is actually the same as Zero, another book I absolutely love. I still think it's one of the best pitches for a TV show in comic book format I can think of. I'd really like to see more stories from Ellis on this one. Have any of you guys seen the pilot, which supposedly leaked? Well, we just talked about that. I'm not cool enough to know this existed until about five minutes ago. Maybe it's on the dark web. <laughs> Later, guys. Keep up the great work. P.S. Can I just also say that this week's Deadpool, set back in the 90s, which is Deadpool issue number 34, is amazing and has one of the biggest and best twists ever seen in a Deadpool book? Blew me away. Read it now. Universe of comic book readers. Regards, David Finn. Get that one short, David. Thank you, sir. Um, he will not I, rest until we do a Deadpool book club. Okay, he wants. We did. We he did wants us to Deadpool do Cable versus Dead, Cable and Deadpool fifty issue run. I mean, I'm I'm crazy. I'm I'm crazy. Enough I to I, try just, it. I just don't. Uh, I don't know. Episode four hundred. Maybe that's a sleeper we, we just hit. It in. But I mean, we didn't like the kind of hokey first volume of New Fifty Two Deadpool, Marvel Now Deadpool. But we liked Good, Bad, and Ugly. What kind of book is Cable versus Deadpool? Is that the hokey uh, chimichanga fourth wall Deadpool, oh, yeah. or is it? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we'll never know. Uh, I'm the next letter. Jersey. Yeah. Right, guys. You want to troll me for Uber real quick? Want to get in there before I read this letter? No, uh, Jamesy, uh, just read the letter, please. <laughs> God, you're such a quick wit. I can't get over it. Uh, I never knew. I heard recently that Slim has never lost at Name 5. If I remember correctly, you couldn't name five JMS books you liked, excluding the Surfer Mini, and you couldn't name five worst podcasts so it's the Jonesy. Uh, guess your unbeaten streak is SOL, and you know what that means. Picked up Winter Soldier on DVD Tuesday and have watched it three times already. Only thing I would change is is Hill would say, "Who's the hoser about Sam Wilson?" Other than that, it's a perfect movie. At the Winter Zola Fro. <laughs> P.S. Have fun. Have a fun vacation, Dale. We know it's been a while since your last one. P.S. Over, over under, <laughs> over under on me finding you guys again and a random pick from BCC. P.P.P.P.S. Uh, uh, have a fun vacation, Dale. Thank you. Yes, Dragon Fro King. Thank you, sir. Zola Winter. Yeah, he did Fro. find a random picture of Jonesy and I last year on Baltimore Comic Con's website. That was weird. It was amazing. It's like he put another photo of your rear end in Google, and that populated also. Yeah, Google image search is smart like that. The power of Google. I'm untrollable, uh, Dragon Fro. I cannot be trolled. It's because he's dead inside. So did Maria Hill? Did Maria Hill say who's the hoser, or did she say something else? I have no. I, I don't remember. I've to watch Winter Soldier. I forgot. I, I, I still got to get that movie. Did you see it in theaters? I did. It's all two times. Dale and I saw it together. Oh mm, my god! Mm, yeah. The Top Gun music. Because we saw it together. What a show! Twice in one day for Jonesy. 
have Top Gun take us out. Any other way. Google Hangouts. Yeah, this is a really good episode. This was a really fun episode. Call sign Charlie. She is a civilian, so you do not salute her. You know, <laughs> another big thing is that we came up with a, a title for a proposed Tom Cruise movie podcast, but nobody yeah. responded with suggestions, so I guess nobody wants it, so maybe we just won't do it. Mm. We got it. Well, no, we're doing it. I mean, it's done. Maybe nobody else wants it's it. Maybe in. nobody wants it. Yeah. Jimsy. We'll just we're just gonna record the episodes and release them to ourselves. Then. We we do need something to listen to on our way to work. <laughs> God, what an idea! I mean, this could be the greatest we idea could, since we paper could do cake. it we since could. paper cake <laughs> and book jug. No, just, yeah, that too. I guess just put that out there. Let's yeah. let's plan to start this week, guys. Yeah, when let's you get, get right on that. We'll <laughs> do our first. We'll watch our first movie. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll see everybody. Next week, we'll be on vacation, so we'll see you after that. should um, put zero volume two on the Google Doc. Oh, I just, trade just came out. <laughs> I was ready to so ready to buy it immediately. But I didn't yet. What episode would Top Gun be if we did that Tom Cruise podcast? Oh my god. It would probably be in the twenties, right? Have to be? No, maybe the no. maybe the teens. Oh man. What was it, eighty nine? He probably started in 82. Yeah, probably the teens, maybe 10, 11. What a year. God. (laughs) Nobody remembers this part of the song, so I should just start it over. Did you read anything else this week? (laughs) No, 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 no. I did not. Tell you what I liked a lot. Pick of the week. I haven't read a lot. The Grassy Knoll. Is that uh, from front of the show, Chuck Forsman? Episode Charles eight. Forsman? I think, I think Chuck, be episode eight. Chuck Forsman, we call him. We're friends. Mm-hmm. I think he's like the publisher mm-hmm. of uh, Oily Comics. So he, he's a, um, I tweeted him today saying that I liked it a lot. But 12 issue or 12, 12 page story. Fantastic. Yeah. Dark. Yeah. Grassy Knoll? Grab it. Strange just Check bought it. Check it out. Just bought it on his Uber app. <laughs> I also read um, Invincible on the train home. You caught up on that, Jonesy? Uh, not this last issue, no. Was it good? Uh, something happened I didn't expect. Mm. Okay.
Okay. Strap in. Strap in. Did anyone read uh, Velvet? Was that any good? Nah, I don't read that. Okay. <laughs> Wolver- uh, Death of Wolverine okay. 2, I read. Read that. That came out? Yeah, it's weekly. Oh, man, are you serious? Dead <laughs> serious. I don't joke about the Death of Wolverine. <laughs> weekly. Good. Yeah. I didn't get it then. Mm. Shite. Hmm. It's just a four-issue oh. mini, right? Uh, I don't even know how many issues it is. It could be five. Because the tie-ins are plentiful, I know. Did you get that Destiny? No, I didn't. I want to get it, but, I, you know, I always hold back for a few weeks because I always spend up spend $60 and I put five, do- five hours of gameplay into and every... And it collects dust. For every $60 of money, I put five hours of gameplay into something. Makes me sick. It's a shame. It's life, though. You know what I mean? It's not like I actively avoid it. I just can't. I don't have time. And I'd like to play a little more Diablo 3. You know? Hmm. I would like to do that. But I do want to get Destiny eventually. I'll probably buy it tonight. (laughs) (laughs) So I can watch it. uh, And I could try to stay up for four and a half hours while it downloads and installs on my system. Oh, no. No, uh, Xbox let me download that um, NHL ahead of time, like five days before it came out. Did it work? Yeah, it worked. And then I woke up at like 5 a.m. on release day, and it was ready to go. Mm, that's impressive. That's really impressive. Well, I mean, there's other functions of the Xbox One that are still junk. Like, I mean, the apps are just atrocious sometimes. Mm-hmm. They really are. And how do you even snap anything on that <laughs> Xbox? I still don't even know. It's the most unintuitive OS in some areas. It just makes me want to gag myself. Is it like a double tap to the, on the Xbox start tried, button on your controller? I tried oh. that. Sometimes I just pick up the controller and I snap awfulness to the side of the screen. and I don't know how to undo it. You know, like, go back to the home screen and, and tap unsnap. Yeah, it's... Man, this sounds like Greek to me, but I'm just so happy that you can't figure it out. <laughs> on like a really deep I feel like that's level. like a problem. If I can't figure it out, on mm-hmm. like the first thirty seconds, then there's a usability problem inherent to the OS. I'm not saying I'm like hot ass, but I know my way around a computer. Right. Definitely. Agreed. Sure. Thank you for agreeing. Still, with me. and I still, I just wish you know it's it's lacking. Some some apps aren't there. I still like my 360 for some of the other. No apps, HBO like, app. Yeah, I mean, come on, not still. It's yeah. been a year. I mean, they have I have like a USA Network app. For some reason. But they don't have HBO. They don't have a sci-fi app. Yeah. Who was using the sci-fi app on a regular basis? Yeah. Nobody's watching sci-fi original programming. Machinima? Machinima? It's a machinima app. Although my Apple TV also has CNBC, so I use that to watch a restaurant startup with my boy Mm -hmm. from MasterChef. Mm. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, they're uh, using some app. You heard, oh, here car. You heard about this, guys? What are you doing tonight? What's, what's your name? This is uh, Super Ooh. Troll episode. The meta tech should be we troll. How hot was it part of an hour. that week? It was so hot in Baltimore that weekend. 
It might have been the hottest weekend of the whole summer. Ugh. That Saturday was brutal. I almost How great was Sunday though when we left? Sunday felt funny. Sunday breezy. morning felt amazing. Yeah. It was gorgeous that day. Walked by the old dog park. We got a hot dog. Mm-hmm. Jensen got a cold burger dog. Ice cold. And then immediately my body rejected it. And then In there a was shocking that kid. turn of events. My body rejected a cold cheeseburger dog. Oh. Yeah. But think about it now. Beer was flowing. I had I got my oysters. Yeah. Which was good. At the Heavy Seas. Heavy Seas Brewing Company has a uh, brew pub there in Baltimore and we found it on Foursquare. We walked through the set of the wire to get to it, but we once we got there, we felt safe, and I got uh, six oysters on the uh, on, a, on the half shell. Mm-hmm. Beer, the beer was flowing all weekend long. Very grateful, very grateful for the weekend. A lot of alcohol. Yeah, I think I think Dale tried almost every craft beer he could get his in Baltimore. There's nothing yeah. left, and then the uh, Long Island iced teas. Of course, let's not forget. <laughs> I mean, Slim, you dirty dog. I wanted to show you both a great time. <laughs> The nightlife and that, that is that was Long the first Island time I had, had that. That was almost like an eight-year pause of my Long yeah, Island. Yeah, and you drink. only had yeah. one. You refused to have more than one. I can't. That's he didn't have another road. one. No, he he called it quits after that one we had at the hotel bar. Mm-hmm. What did what was he drinking at the Hyatt with the tie tie? Um, oh, maybe he had a, maybe he had a second one then. But we first started them at the hotel bar. Yeah, I I backed. We off did the consider gas. a second one there. We should probably should have. Let's be honest. Absolutely, should, should have. have. It's the only thing in the hotel to drink, <laughs> so we should have just had it. <laughs> yeah, we had no cold water in the sink. The ice machine didn't work at all on our floor, which is repulsive. Light bulbs missing in the hallway. No vending machines. No soda machines on the floors. Yeah, there was no cold water in that hotel. There all. was. Uh, we did have a TV, but the only channel it showed was Extra with Mario Lopez. Mm-hmm. Guy has his own station. To introduce the movies that were on the hotel on demand menu. It wasn't even extra, really. It was a commercial for the movies on demand. And we wa- I mean, but we couldn't stop watching it. Yeah. I think he got like he a car from doing that deal. Or I think that he's got like some kind of blanket extra contract that they just say, do this. Yeah, they probably have to work that in. Else why would they do it? I don't know. Mario Lopez, one thing he doesn't need is another car. Trust me. <laughs> 